Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! And welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and I am your host, Rob Watson. Um, as always, we have a really wonderful show lined up for you, um, and uh, this is is always a thrill. Um, we have Julia Scotty back today. Julia has been on a couple of times. Um, last we talked to her, it was when uh, her documentary was about to launch, Julia Scotty Funny That Way, um, which is now out there and Again, really worthwhile seeing it. It is um, funny and touching and um, everything that Julia is, uh, so is the documentary. Um, we're catching up with Julia today because she is about to launch um, a brand new album of uh, comedy material. Her existing album is also out there. Um, plus, she's been doing some uh, uh, different other gigs that we want to talk to her about as well. Um, so that is coming up shortly. Um, before that, I want to welcome Brody Levesque. Brody is the editor of the L.A. Blade magazine and um, also co-host and producer of the show here. Um, so I want to bring Brody on and find out what is going on in the LGBTQ universe. Hey, Brody, how's it going? Hey, Rob. Good afternoon, folks. And thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing our podcast and the radio show. We really appreciate it. Well, in Florida, things got probably even more crazy than they already have been currently. In Flagler County, uh, Xander Moritz, who is a Harvard-bound senior and is also the school's first openly LGBTQ class president, uh, was going to give a commencement speech at his graduation. However, the school principal pulled him into the office and basically said to him that you're not allowed to talk about activism. You're not supposed to talk about anything that has to do with the gay protests. Uh, basically, Principal Stephen Covert said that if you try, then we're going to cut your microphone off. We're going to end your speech. We're going to halt the ceremony, and you're going to be escorted out. So I got a reaction from uh, John Harris, who is the public policy director for Equality Florida. John told me this blatant censorship is is unacceptable, but it's entirely foreseeable. It epitomizes how the don't say gay laws, vague and ambiguous language is erasing LGBTQ students, their families in history from kindergarten through 12th grade without limits. The law is driving division when we should have a state where all students are protected and all families are respected. Now, earlier in the week, there was a controversy in another county, Seminole County, at a high school there. Uh, They were supposed to get uh, the yearbooks on Monday, the seniors and the juniors were. Right. And... It turns out that the principal sent a message out last Friday that said, wait, we're going to delay you guys getting your uh, yearbooks because we want to put white blackout uh, stickers over pictures of a activity that you guys participated in that wasn't sanctioned by school board policy and yeah, it's pictures of the kids doing the Don't Say Gay protest walkout, and every single picture has a pride flag prominently featured. Well, Tuesday night, there was a school board meeting, and the kids had their shot at it. And the school board then voted to go ahead and just insert a small disclaimer sticker in the pages in question without covering up the photographs or the text that describes the photographs. That was their idea of a compromise. Now I had some conversations with some of the folks down there and at the Los Angeles blade, I also ran the video of the actual school board meeting itself. 
But the one kid that stood out um, was a was a young man by the name of J.J. Holmes. Now, he's not gay. He's not queer. Uh, he's an ally. But what makes J.J. an incredible out uh, is that he uh, suffers from a severe case of cerebral palsy. He's in a wheelchair. And he has to type out messages with his nose on a keyboard, which is what he did. And I've got a screenshot of him talking to the school board, and he's wearing a T-shirt with the progress flag colors that say, Proud Ally. Rob, I'm telling you, if you watch that, folks out in our audience, our viewers, and I mean our listeners, if you guys watch this, you're going to cry. This kid is absolutely incredible. Um, And the one thing that he said, and I'm going to repeat this because it just bears repeating, this is JJ. Don't say gay isn't even a lie yet, and you're already using it to target students of the LGBTQ plus community. Then he continued, Tyler Clemente was 18 years old when he jumped to his death from the George Washington Bridge. He was outed by another student for being gay. And then J.J. continued, and he cited some of the more high-profile suicides of trans and gay kids that even I reported on. Mind you, this is a 17-year-old that did his homework and and an ally. And the entire school board was moved, okay, to override the principal and the superintendent and just put the little disclaimer sticker in there. And in the yearbooks, as a matter of fact, are being distributed, I believe, tomorrow. But to all of this is that there is a horrible wide-ranging impact, especially on the kids. I've had conversations with the Trevor Project folks, and their hotline has literally gone ape since the don't yeah. gay, uh, say gay and the transgender laws. They're, they're having a really, really hard time of it. And these laws are meant strictly to erase. In Louisiana, for example, the House Education Committee killed the Louisiana version of the Don't Say Gay bill. And then just this week, one of the Republicans, using a rare procedural uh, movement in the assembly, brought the damn thing back from the dead. And now the entire House is going to act as a committee to listen and then vote on the legislation. Now, granted, the governor of the state of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, has already indicated he'll veto the damn thing. And there are some questions as to whether or not between the Senate and the House there would be enough votes to override a gubernatorial veto. But the real point here is this is happening now in real time. Now, these kids, fortunately, aren't taking this. Uh, the young man that I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, like I said, is part of a class action federal lawsuit against Governor DeSantis and the state of Florida over that don't say gay law. There are some 14th Amendment uh, questions about it. There's also some First Amendment questions about it. Uh, and so they're challenging it. Um, and the law hasn't taken effect. It's true. It does not actually take effect until July 1st. But it has such a chilling factor and it has such a negative impact that this is what we're looking at. And unfortunately, now that these other states, like Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, which just passed one, are considering and contemplating this type of legislation, it makes things exceedingly difficult. Here in Los Angeles, in our own backyard, in the Glendale Unified School District, a teacher last year, during the course of, we were still under viral you know, teaching because of COVID, had had a mention in right. a class of third graders about some issues, and she showed a couple videos. They were benign talking about gay families and gay people, all right? That stirred a controversy that exploded in this this week, and the explosion is basically by parents who want to enact a more or less similar don't say gay. And the arguments that they're using include the nasty term groomers and grooming, which was weaponized by... Governor DeSantis of Florida's press secretary, Christine Bouchard, 
And then all of the nutcases in the far right picked up on it, our QAnon types, and now our mainstream Republicans are using it. And they've got all these moms for liberty and moms fired up. So here, contemporary to Los Angeles in suburban Glendale, now we have a problem. And it's the same thing. They want it censored. So the idea is, you know, if we can't legislate you people out of existence, then we're going to try and erase you by preventing your discussion in classrooms and across the board. There's even been a law passed, okay, that extended, don't say gay, of sorts into universities. So it has really become a problem. So that's that's the trending in front of me these days. And what the last thing you mentioned, the law extending it to universities, where is that and what is what is that for prospects? Um, let me pull that one up real quick. Um, I mean, I cover so many articles here that it just gets a little bit ridiculous. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The, the lock... Uh, I, it's not the don't say gay. I'm sorry. My apologies. I just so many anti-gay things here. In Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee signed a law last Friday that effectively bans trans women from competing on college sports teams consistent with their gender identity in Tennessee. So this new this extension of the current law, which was aimed at high school and, and grammar school, has now been extended to Tennessee publicly funded colleges and universities. Now, I did have a conversation with the American Civil Liberties Union, uh, and because college students are majority adult, this one will be an easy challenge, and they probably will beat this one back. So, you know, it's, again, another extension of to a racist as a community. Yeah. No, no it's um, it's insane, and um, it, it's mind-boggling. Um, and and actually pretty bizarre. I mean, you know, it's like, especially in terms of these kids, it's like they're they're trying to completely oppress uh, everything in school. But we know they're online. They're watching TikTok. They're watching all sorts of stuff, and it's gay as hell out there. I mean, it's like it just sort of like what what kind of universe. These people think we're living in. It's it's just very very bizarre, and it is um, oppressive and psychologically damaging. That is the the real crux of it, because what it's putting out there for vulnerable kids is you're not good. You're you know you've been brainwashed. You're you know I mean all the negatives, all the ones that we as the older generations have had to grow up and move through ourselves and the things that we've attempted to change for this world for the younger people coming up behind us. And um, it's just, it, it's horrific. Um, Brody, before we move but on, more, you know what's happening on the, go ahead. There's one more area that we should probably just footnote what you just said. There's also what the U.S. military would term collateral damage, and that is the children growing up in queer families whose parents are gay, lesbian, trans, whatever the case is. Yep. Okay. It directly impacts them just as much. Well, yeah, that's, that's going to be a sticking point because, you know, I, you know, that it's me right at home because I've had my kids in, in, in preschool and, you know, we show up as two dads, you know, and they, talk to their friends and they introduce us and their friends ask those questions, you know, before kindergarten even, and they get answers, which, because the answers are not complicated. Um, and those kids have no problem embracing it. So it is, it is just a, a it's ridiculous. It's horrific. It's, it's awful. Um, but I do mm-hmm. want to go to women's health rights and what's, what's uh, happening yeah. there. All right, so um, yesterday the United States Senate essentially voted down codifying um, Roe v. Wade into law, and 
they essentially did the vote along party lines, although uh, Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, joined the Republicans. The final vote was 49 to 51. In order to have passed the legislation, uh, which was introduced as the Women's Health Protection Act, uh, the Democrats would have had to have had a 60 vote um, to break the filibuster. Um, and again, here's a situation where the archaic filibuster, again, needs to go away. Uh, however, on a straight vote, you know, uh, they were still having a problematic thing because even with Vice President Harris, who was pre- presiding, uh, they would have been a 51-50 vote, and, and it still wouldn't have been able to, you know, pass through. So there is a problem there. Um, why, why did, yeah, why did um, Susan Collins and Lisa, uh, I forget her last name, from Alaska, why did Murkowski. they vote against this? Yeah, Murkowski. Why did Murkowski and Collins vote against this? I, I mean, I'll be brutally honest. Um, these days in contemporary Republican politics, uh, they talk out of their ass. It used to be you could say they talk out of both sides of their mouth. No, they talk out of their rectum these days, and shit comes flowing every time they open their mouth up. Um, you know, it, they don't bother with excuses that anybody's going to buy. They go lockstep. They have a caucus leader that is completely radicalized. Um, the divisiveness in the U.S. Senate and in the Republican Party is complete. Virtually no hope of bipartisan anything. To give you an idea of how bad it's gotten, the Republican governors of Virginia and Maryland this morning requested the Attorney General of the United States enforce a little-known federal law that bars protests, demonstrations, rallies, anything of that nature, around the homes of members of the United States Supreme Court. This is a federal law. And, of course, the intent of the law when it was written was to make sure that the court's decisions were not influenced, okay, by direct, you know, confrontation with the public. And now both of these governors, okay, are asking the attorney general to enforce the law. Okay, so right now as we're speaking, there are – protests going on at at least three of the justices' houses in suburban Washington, D.C., in Virginia and Maryland, okay? And that also includes a protest going on in the District of Columbia itself, all right? So it it is an effect that the Republican Party is doing anything they can to completely erase Roe v. Wade, you know, whether it's by silencing the voice of protesters outside the justices' homes, to, you know, the just lockstep mentality of the Senate, which is McConnell's caucus. He runs it. Uh, you know, it, right. the divisiveness is complete. Okay. There's no – I've listened constantly to even the president, you know, himself say, well, we need bipartisan this and that, and I just want to scream, you know, wake the hell up, Mr. President. Okay, this is war. It's a culture war, and it's who dares wins. And we aren't daring, and we ain't winning. And it really is bad. Uh, there's still some diplomats. Here's U.S. Senator Alex Padilla on the Senate floor. The senator said, It is abundantly clear that Congress must pass the Women's Health Re- uh, Protection Act and codify the right to an abortion into federal law. All across America, a strong majority support a woman's right to make her own health care decisions. We cannot stand by and watch while right-wing politicians and judges roll back the clock on women's rights. We must protect the fundamental rights of women across the country. That is not a position that is held as bipartisan by Murkowski, Collins, or the rest of the Republican caucus. Right, which is amazing. Well, given the white privilege, patriotical, you know, attitude of the Republican Party, not all that surprising. Oh, and by the way, to well, all the listeners out there, this affects you too. Well, yeah, is, I mean the 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 ruling when it comes down from the Supreme Court is 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 going to have a far-reaching effect, and I mean it, on a couple of levels. One, um, just legally, it 
the some of the arguments that were in that draft do threaten um, the you know all the LGBT um, judicial inroads we've made over the years. I mean, they they become at risk. Um, even interracial marriage becomes at risk um, yep. with with what the they've put out there. But um, worse than that, it it makes the Supreme Court completely untrustworthy. Um, you know, it's it's it, it really is devolving. Um, you know, the balance of power that that we've all come to understand that the the uh, country is supposed to be based on. So um, anyway, we so enough of this. Let's uh, let's uh, take a break from uh, what's going wrong in the world around us and um, uh, let us get to our guest who's been waiting very patiently. Julia, welcome ah. to the show. Oh. <laughs> you know what? We, have we, I was having a great day. I was happy the sun was out here. And then Brody, Dr. Doom, comes on and delivers the news. Now I'm oh, going to go jump off like my roof. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, good. Dr. He's Doom. like that even on good days. It's like... Oh my God, Brody. Yeah, yeah, it's like nothing's going on. So when he's got yeah. actually fodder, it's like forget it. <laughs> the worst thing you could say to Brody is, "What's new?" <laughs> <laughs> Rob actually knows that. <laughs> but I love him. I love my Brody. I love my Brody. I love you too, yeah. Rob. But I love my Brody. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that. That. That is that is the truth uh, about Brody. So yeah, and he is he is definitely the what's new guy. So um, although look at you, you've been out busy, you know, doing stuff. I've been I've been actually I've been tearing down walls, taking names, uh, well, kicking ass. Uh, damn damn right. So uh, before we get into the, some of your uh, projects, what is your take on? Um, all this crap, especially the anti-trans um, animus that is happening in these red states. Well, you, I mean, don't say it like it just happened out of nowhere. I mean, it's the same <laughs> red states that didn't, didn't want me to be a pee in the bathroom uh, just, a, oh, was it six years ago? You know, this has been going on for a while. I, I just get, every time I hear the name Joe Manchin voted against, the Democrats and with the Republicans, I want to just, I just, I want to call them up and go, why don't you just switch already? Why do you put us through this? You know, he's, he just, you know, gets your hopes up that he might actually be a Democrat. And then he just, you know, he just, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was my personal animus towards Joe Manchin. As for Susan Collins, Please, I, I give up on her. I give up on her. What was the question? Yeah. I don't even know what the question was anymore. Well, just, just, to, yeah, it just, um, you know, what, what does it feel like being a trans person and a visible public trans figure when this this crap comes out? I mean, what? <laughs> well, I'll give you. I, 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 we were in Florida. We're on tour with. Uh, uh, funny women of a certain age, um, and we were, we did two shows in Florida, and this was very telling. It's anecdotal, of course, because they were my fans too, uh, not just mine. But somewhere the, during the show, the first show, uh, there was a noise off stage, and I it was kind of distracting. And I just looked at you know I looked to the stage left, and I looked at the audience, and I went, you know, for a minute there, I thought it was Ron DeSantis's army coming to take me away. And the place exploded in laughter. So, so I just went with it. And uh, I, by the second show, I had them screaming, gay, 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 gay. Uh, the entire theater was screaming it. <laughs> so I suspect that there was more dissatisfaction with DeSantis, you know, and his stupid laws than, you know, you guys are aware of. It's just a... 
It's a gut feeling. That's all. Yeah. Well, I like your gut feeling. So um, let's go. Let's go to your new album. So it's a very um, lovely photograph of you on the front with a big cleaver <laughs> and a red, juicy, bleeding piece of meat. Um, so, so sort of uh, in the the vein of the Brody, what's new category, um, uh, called Primal Cuts. That's right. You have to do it in a Jesse Arnaz voice and say, "Explain yourself, Lucy." What are you doing with all you got some bloody bowling to do there, Julia? What's going on? <laughs> Well, uh, Primal Cuts, it's, it's got a double meaning, of course, though, you know. Um, but it's, I, I, I call it that because it's a little bit more revealing about in my inner workings than the first one was. And I, the picture was sort of a uh, tribute to my old man who was a butcher. And, uh, we, you know, he wanted to sort of meld the two into one photograph. And I kind of like it. It's a, we went to a place called Adamanelli's butcher shop in Greenwich Village, very well, very famous uh, butcher shop. And they let us come in and take that picture. Uh, so that's what, that's the meaning of it. But it's an eye catcher, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Not going to miss that one. No. Yeah, Not going to no, miss great. it. No. Actually, it's, it's, yeah. it, it is provocative in, in all the right ways. And uh, that's, that, for, that was for me, is yeah, and, and, you know, I'm vegan slash vegetarian, so it's sort of like going, whoa, I, there's a radical for you. <laughs> well, I, I don't eat red meat, so that, for me it was, uh, you know, I, was, I, was, I thought about that when we were shooting, and I, I, this is pretty ironic because I don't eat red meat <laughs> by choice, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, well, it has nothing to do with well, meat. It has to do with, you know, my personal feelings. Right. So and so, tell us what's on the album without uh, giving away too Did much. Did you hear it? Did you listen to it? I didn't. I have been begging, crying, oh, so, screaming at anybody I could to get a hold of it. So yeah, no, I am it's, unprepared. It's I, ten bucks, Rob. Ten bucks. <laughs> I'll send you the. I'll send you the ten bucks. Download the friggin' thing. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it's well, um. I'm, I'm Lightman Brody. He's he's usually the one to to grab me that stuff. So, I, <laughs> so. all right. Well, uh, I um I spent about really I spent the entire COVID uh, lockdown writing this stuff and uh, honing it. And there's an awful lot of new material on there um, that you know I was I'm really kind of proud of. Uh, I'm just, it. I really explored the you know living life as a trans person uh, in America. Um, some of the, especially from my generation, you know, we're not like the twenty-year-olds that you know they, they all seem to get along. Um, people in my generation, it's like I can't wait for my generation to die off. They could <laughs> solve a lot of the world's problems when they're gone. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, not I, to say I'm going to uh, make sure I'm not in that generation. <laughs> no, no, but I want to point out here that my senior citizen fans, please don't take that personally. Go out and buy my album. <laughs> so, uh, if they if they want if they want to burn it, they have to buy it first. So there you go. Yes, that's exactly right, and that's exactly right, and. And you might take that, take note of that, uh, Rob, buying the album. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely buying the album. <laughs> Buy the album, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there were cuts on, you can even have heard cuts on YouTube. There's free cuts on YouTube. Did you know that? No. Nobody asked me. I, I did not know that. I, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And you call yourselves oh. reporters. I don't know why. <laughs> I was just go ahead, keep going, keep going. What else do you want to know? <laughs> so what on the new on the new album of the primal cuts, what is your favorite cut? Uh I think that the 
my favorite one is the one about um, being trans and coming out. I tell, I talk about what life was like when I came out 20 years ago, 22 years ago, really. And the things that piss me off about uh, uh, what men, how men don't want to, I hate to say the sleep of the trans woman, but they, it kind of icks them out because it makes them feel gay. I kind of really explore that. And it, uh, it's very satisfying. So much so that I'm working on um, the next album or, or um, theatrical presentation um, to, the, to these ideas. I really want to expound on them and explore them some more. So um, that's what that's, I'm doing. No, that's awesome. Yeah. You recently wrote a piece um, about Dave Chappelle and um, your feelings on that. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> he's the other guy that's got a lot of trans stuff in his act. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Dave, Dave Chappell. That's it. Dave Chappell. Dave Chappell. Yeah. So what, yeah, what, I what did. are your I wrote... thoughts on, on Mr. Mr. C? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let me just tell the nice people about the piece. We all know that uh, Dave Chappelle got uh, tackled by some maniac on stage. Was it the Hollywood Bowl? Is that where he was? Yeah, it was at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, okay. right. And I am no fan of his. I've made that very clear in, in past uh, writings. But it was a bigger issue here. Uh, he's also a comedian. So I was caught between a rock and a hard place as to whether or not um, I should defend this guy. And I had to defend him. Uh, because then if I didn't, I would be a hypocrite. He's got a First Amendment right to say what he wants to say, uh, just as I have a right to not listen to it. But he's also, um, as a person who makes my living the same way he does, um, I don't want to to go on stage and feel danger. I want to be able to say what I want to say. And so you have the bigger principle here is freedom of speech. And um, I came out and defended it. And I'm still, no, I, I'm still, I, yeah, I have to interject here because um, as editor of the Los Angeles Blade, I ran Julia's column. Uh, it got a huge amount of traffic. And surprisingly, um, because I honestly truly felt that there was going to be some pushback, um, there was none. I think to Julia's point that we have to strike a balance sometimes, especially if you are you know, in her profession, um, resonated uh, with the leadership of the Los Angeles Blade. I honestly truly expected some trolls. I, I, I really did. I figured that there would be some folks, um, since we do not allow direct commenting on the newspaper's website, they have to go to Facebook, obviously, or in Twitter, um, and there was none. There were a few. There were a couple of disgruntled types. But the vast majority um, of the community, especially um, of LGBTQ people, understood exactly <laughs> what Julia was saying and the point she was making. Um, Julia did not absolve you know, him of the comments. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you have to defend his right to say some of the things that comes out of his mouth, but at the same time, you don't have to be happy with it. And some of the readers pointed out that, you know, it was an aside coming back to the microphone that quite frankly wasn't warranted and made them question, you know, his motives. So I think that that was the balance between what Julia said in her piece, um, which, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you can read uh, Julia's piece that went in print as well as online, um, and and the reality of, you know, the optics of it. And Julia also pointed out about the situation that was kind of also a predicate to it, and that was uh, what happened that night at the Oscars. Uh, Chris Rock um, joked about um, Will Smith's wife and. Uh, that, you know, led to the slap that was seen around the world. And 
uh, you know, it also calls into point, you know, exactly, you know, where are the lines being drawn here? There are comedians that I've spoken to, in addition, obviously, to Julia. Um, you know, we've seen people get on stage at comedy stores all over the U.S. or comedy shops. Uh, I forget exactly what they're called, but, you know, improvs and things like that. And the comedians, you know, are like Julia. They're working comedians, and they're up there, and someone in the audience takes exception to it. And then the next thing you know is there's another Karen video being uploaded on TikTok. So, you know, there is a line there. I I think that, uh, and folks, I I sincerely urge you to go to the Los Angeles Fleet, Boyd, and read what uh, Julia said, because we have to have that. Uh, you know, when I was a young man growing up, edgy comedy came out of the mouth of Don Rickles, and 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 Don was just absolutely merciless. But there was no intent for malicious behind it, and I really truly think that that's kind of the distinction there. And, and Julia, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But no, you're absolutely right. Oh, I think I think what's missing uh, from society is the ability to disagree and to discuss and to, to, you know, and to voice different opinions. That's what's missing. You have to be a partisan nowadays. You've got to be in some, one camp or another. You cannot listen to both sides anymore. I don't know when that happened. It's, I guess, over, over the, since the dawn of cable, you know, uh, really the, the specialty channels uh, has created that kind of mentality, but... I'm old enough to remember, you know, a time when people could sit down and talk. Uh, you know, that point-counterpoint. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, although my memory of that show was that they didn't really sit down and talk. No, they, they didn't. They sat yeah, down know, and screamed I, at each other. Yeah, well, right. it devolved it, it, it into that. But, the, you know, with the dawn of Rush Limbaugh yeah. and all those other people, it just became... Oh, yeah. well, the, you had to pick a side, and 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 I don't want to pick a side because sometimes my side's wrong. You know, the side I want to be right is wrong, and vice versa. Right. And and I just, uh, you know, I I I said I even put out the offer on in the article I think, or I've done it on other interviews. I would be happy to sit down in a public forum with with Chappelle and discuss his issues with the trans community. I would be happy to do that. No, no, you know, no arguments, no nothing. Just right. Let's talk about it, you know. But that's not going to sell tickets. See, that's the thing. If somebody were to put that together, say, "Hey, Julie Scott and Chappelle are going to sit down and talk," uh, are they going to fight? No, they're going to talk. No, I don't see that. That's what we've devolved into. Is there is there an approach to that if you did something with Dave Chappelle that that could actually be done in a comedic way? That I mean, you would be talking and like like good comedy, you know, it it has its point, but it also um, of course you know, look he's get gets he's point a lot across. Of things, yeah. But, but yeah, he's a lot of things, but stupid he isn't. He's an articulate, yeah. intelligent man, and uh, and I think I'm an intelligent woman. Um, I don't know how articulate I am, but but yes, I, I think we could do it and make it funny. And, 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 yeah, I, uh, I would love to see you do that. I'd love to see you. Yeah, but he's you, never going to do that because he doesn't have to. Yeah. So, and Brody brought up the the Chris Rock thing and Will Smith, and um, is this you know in the comedy circuit? Is this a, a big concern now that? that this kind of wall has been broken down, you know, between the audience and the person on stage that um, well, you this guys is in the first time. need to this is worry about it? This isn't the first time it's happened. <clears throat> I mean, over the years, there have been any number of incidents in comedy clubs where, you know, patrons uh, get pissed off. I, I, there's a legendary story about Otto and George with, uh, you know, who was a ventriloquist in the public pissed off somebody so much that a guy got up and pulled a gun on the puppet. You know, it's, that's that's part of the job. We understand that. But that doesn't make it right. So we, we hope it doesn't right. happen. Right, oh, yeah. 
We yeah. don't want it to become the regular as it were. Well, I think, too, that the other thing, and Julia, you and I have talked about this numerous times, um, is that people have lost their funny bones. They, they've lost their ability to see humor in things, and they've lost their ability to be able to, you know, vent, if you will, uh, in, in such a way as a relief valve. Um, and, and a lot of humor, uh, most humor. <laughs> And this is my own observation and, you know, just my personal opinion. But a lot of humor, I think, is a relief valve for stress. You know, oh, it's, absolutely. It's, you know, you've you got to be able to laugh about it. I mean, it's – and if you don't, um, you know, it, it – and I mean, I hate to keep bringing Rickles up as an example, but I think one of the things about Rickles that was amazing was that as he's needling people – you know, there was a base understanding that it was all in, you know, good nature. And, and at the end of the day, you know, it was comedy. It was press release. I, I can remember Rickles going on the Dean Martin comedy roasts, uh, which obviously dates me. <laughs> but, I mean, Rickles would get up there and he would just, you know, saute the hell out of whoever the person you know, was that they were roasting. I mean, and, and sometimes, you know, it walked up to a point where you were like, wow. But at the end of it, you didn't take offense. But now we just have this, you know, environment, atmosphere, I'm just not sure which, that, you know, people aren't understanding that you do need to be able, okay, to have that release, to be able to laugh at yourself. Uh, well, to be able and to I don't think that I don't think there could be a Rickles today. To be honest with you, I don't think if a, if a young yeah. Rickles type showed up on the scene, it's it's we've yes we haven't lost our funny bones because I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing packed houses wherever we go with this tour. Um, what what I mm-hmm. think we've um, I think we've lost a little bit of is the ability to laugh at ourselves. Um, that that that's the key to it, I think. You know, it's okay. It's easy to laugh at other people's misfortunes. It's you know, if if I trip over, a, you know, I slip on a banana peel and fall, you laugh because it's not you slipping on the banana peel. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's a hard thing to do to learn to laugh at yourself. Um, and 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 the environment today. It's getting worse. It is getting worse. I think that that you're right. Yeah. Well, I think there's a there's a hard part of this because I remember back in the day, you know, a la when Rickles was on TV, et cetera, et cetera, and also during that time. And I'm not saying he did this, but um, and I don't know that he didn't do this, but um, racial jokes, homophobic jokes, all of those were very commonplace. I mean, nobody, you know, people would tell racist, racist jokes, you know, back then without batting an eye and that, and getting a lot of laughter around it. So a lot of the sensitivity and humor also is, 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 is oh, yeah. I mean, confronting my, my those is, issues. Yeah. Rickles wasn't what you would call a cerebral comic, you know, you didn't have to think about his humor. Uh, you know. Whereas Lenny Bruce could talk about the same issues, and you'd walk away going, "Geez, I never thought of that." You know, I never looked at it that way. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it, I think oh, the yeah, comic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I write a piece, and I'm as guilty. I and mean, if you saw the movie, you know, the documentary, I back in the day, I did the same thing, and I did the you know, the, the transphobic stuff. And I I was right. dealing with my own issues at that point, And I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me. And that's how I dealt with it. It made me uncomfortable. Uh, it was too close to home. So I, I, I cut people some slack sometimes if I can uh, talk to them. And that's the way I feel about Chappelle. I don't think he's in his heart a hateful person. I hope not. But I would like to sit to him and you know sit with him 
and maybe just talk a little bit to him. You know, say, you know, well, why are you doing this? Why us? We got people getting killed right and left here. They don't need you, you know, pissing gasoline on the fire. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I'd love I mean, that. And I that is that is an issue that you just brought up that I think is um, irksome because uh, I look back at the particularly sitcoms and. Um, I remember in the 80s, um, or actually I guess it was the 90s, uh, when um, Friends was on. And Friends Mm -hmm. at the time was like the most gay-friendly sitcom you could Mm -hmm. imagine because, you know, they had a lesbian wedding and they had had jokes about, you know, every guy on there was, you know, the big joke was them feeling – emasculated or, or, or afraid of being um, seen as gay or, or effeminate or whatever. And that, that was an ongoing thing. And um, the kind of looking back at that, a lot of those jokes don't stand up today, um, although the show is super popular today. So they, I guess they stand up a little bit. Well, I don't, but, I, um, I disagree but, with you, Rob. I disagree with you. Those, I do that. I talk about that in my act about, you know, uh, how guys, uh, the, the worst thing you can say to a guy is that he's gay, a straight guy, a really straight guy. Cause he's, you know, it freaks yeah. him out. And I, and I talk about that. Yeah. I said, and men will have sex with anything. And this is on the album too. No. If, you, if you buy the album, you would have heard it. <laughs> I don't want. I'm not. I'm not throwing stones here. But I, I, you know, I um, I said uh, guys will have sex. That they do it with animals. They do it. It was the guy in the South Carolina got arrested. Got arrested twice for having sex with a horse. The same horse. The same horse. Okay. Uh, but not sleep with a trans woman because that would make you feel gay. You fucked a horse. Right. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if you really want to get down to it, um, masturbation is basically gay sex. So, you know, yeah, you it kind of is. It's also it's also an abomination before the Lord. Um, it's killing <laughs> no. babies, killing them. You're killing. Look at your look at your tissue box. There's millions of dead babies there. You should be. Yeah, it should be outlawed. Good God. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> well it's, the, it's the same argument. <laughs> no, it is. It is, and it's it's it, it's it's. Um, I mean, and that is actually what they thought because they didn't think the woman brought anything to the table at all. I mean, it was, you know, the the man was the one who created the humans. So well, he yeah. had seeds. Weird, he was the weird. One with the seeds. <laughs> <laughs> she was just the fertile ground. Yeah, but, it's but her, if something went wrong, it was all her fault. That's yeah. right. Of course, it's yeah. always her fault. Yeah. Having lived yeah. with both yeah. tribes, I have become well aware of the differences in the way men and women are treated in this world. Um, it's a it's a it's a real eye opener, guys. What? Tell and us all, more about that. What what what's an example of that, that's opened your eyes the most on it? Well, I, you've got, you've got, for instance, women's health issues, okay? You know, the, the abortion laws are as much about women's health than anything else. They don't give a shit about women's health, but they, boy, they got, they're pouring tons of money into erectile dysfunction medicine. Um, you know, everything to keep that penis stiff right up until the end. Whatever right. it takes, guys, I don't care. Pour, pour everything into it, you know. But if a woman, you know, needs needs medical help or medical assistance or, God forbid, needs an abortion, uh, she's on her own. And they're using that God argument like uh, like they actually know what, the, first of all, that there's a God and what God thinks. Right. Um, yeah, so, no, and a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the, I mean, all of the anti-abortion arguments are, um bad but some of the things that people have been saying in different cases are just mind-numbingly astounding um uh people who feel like you know that an abortion shouldn't be allowed when it threatens the woman's life um and there are different abortions that are done where the fetus is not going to live it's not in the right place 
and it right. has to come out, otherwise it will literally kill the woman. And for anyone to think that, what, it's just it's just amazing. I, I just I I can't even. It's you know it's like when you hear an argument and you're having an argument with somebody and you're trying to understand their side. I can't get even on the deck with them. No, I, no, there is no, I, there's no I justification for it. Yeah. No, there is no justification for it. And, and, and it's and it's men. It's all men making these. Uh, you ask how I, how I see the world differently now from this side of the. That's one of the reasons. That's men making decisions for women's bodies. What right do you have? I, no, I went none. through it when yeah, I transitioned. Well, you know, when I transitioned, I had to get approved. Um, I had to get approved to take hormones. I had to be under the care of two, two uh, uh, therapists for the entire time. I had to get a written approval uh, from from doctors. These are all the Harry Benjamin standards, Dr. Harry Benjamin. And yet, you know, if, if a guy wanted to get, I don't know, plastic surgery, even a woman wants to get bigger Bigger, you know, boobs. She can get it done without anybody's approval. I had to be, uh, right. You know, I had to be approved. Right. Yeah. It's a screwed up world, guys. It's a screwed up world. No, it, it is, and it, the 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 other irony is that women are actually in the majority of the screwed up world, and I I dearly hope that women take their power um, because it, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> When I see these health councils of of old men making decisions on women's health, it's like these it's, these, these old farts have to go. They have to all go. Yeah. Mitch McConnell has to yeah. go. They all have to go. Go, go, go. Agreed. Agreed. I, yeah, I want to I want to jump back really quick. Uh, well, well, we still have a little bit of time on some of your other projects. Um, you were um, in a short drama called Relatable Joy, and you uh-huh. also did a cameo on the um, uh, upcoming film Bros. Um, That's right. Tell us about those projects. Well, the, the, the Relatable Joy, uh, I did like I guess did that about three or four years ago, and uh, it was a, I did that as a favor for a friend, and uh, she was a film student, and it was a student film, you know. But it was very well done, a real professional crew and everything. And uh, it was my first foray into acting, and I kind of liked it. Uh, and, I, you know, I was surprised at how easy I found it. And then I thought, well, I've been playing a man for 50 years. You know, that, should, that was the, the role of a lifetime. Um, so I, and then, I, you know, my, my manager sent me up for auditions all the time, and this thing with uh, Billy Eichner came along. And uh, I, you know, I got hired to do his one-day shoot, and he was wonderful. And I, God bless that man for what he's doing. Are you, have you been following the movie? No, no. What? Oh, this is a this is a movie produced by Judd Apatow. Uh, it's being distributed by Universal. It's the first all gay cast, LGBT cast. Every part in the movie is 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 an LGBT member. So. Uh, and Billy Eichner, it's a rom-com. He's the star. Um, it's, it's big, you know, it's a big budget kind of thing. I play a straight older woman. <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, actually, I, I love that. I want to, I want to see a sitcom around you with that kind of part. Oh, that'd be wonderful. I, I'd be, we, you know, it's funny. Yeah. The, the Funny Women tour we're on, we, we were talking about that while we're on the road. We all are around. Well, I'm the oldest of them all, but uh, we said, what a great sitcom this would be, you know, with a, it's like a new version of Golden Girls. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So it may happen. You never know. It, you never know. Stranger things have happened in my life than that. Well, but I, the, uh, I, I think that should happen, yeah. I agree with you. Uh, well, the Billy Eichner thing yeah. uh, should should propel me to fame overnight. I'm on screen for I don't know 35 seconds, 40 seconds, but I'm there, and um, it's out September 30th. I think that's when it's got a lot of good buzz on it, though. 
That's that's awesome. I'm sure we will be pursuing them to get them on the show here to uh, pre-launch and, and hopefully review it. So yeah, that. Be, yeah, you should. Awesome. I mean, it, it'd be you know it's great for the community. So he's uh, he's doing good work. Yeah. So last we had you on, we were um, we were talking in depth about um, your movie Funny That Way, which features um, both your kids. Um, now that the film has been out there and it's streaming and everything else, um, how are the kids? How are, how have they reacted to the reception uh, of the movie? We don't, we, you know, it's one of those things we don't really talk about. I, you know, they, uh, I, I think there might have been some buyer's remorse on their part, or at, at least my daughter. I don't know about my son. He hasn't said that. In fact, I'll tell you what my son and I are doing tomorrow. Uh, we are going to our, we are going on a trip, road trip. And we're going to Cooperstown, New York, to the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's a, awesome. it's a trip that I want. I know. I I wanted to do this with him when he was from the time he was a baby, and I said I was going to take him someday, and then you know, shit hit the fan, and then uh, I didn't see him for fourteen years. But now uh, we're doing it. We're going tomorrow. I'm so excited. Well, the, that sounds terrific. Well, we yep. are down to our last minute here, um, Julia. Where can people like me go buy the album? Uh, it's available on YouTube. You can get it on uh, Apple. Apple. Uh, was it I, Apple Tunes? Apple Tunes. Apple. iTunes. Apple. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's on Spotify too. I think you can get it as well. Um, there have been some. It's, it's it's pretty out there available. So it's like ten bucks. <laughs> and and it's available now. Obviously. Well, it was available before we did this show, too, but apparently you guys didn't think enough of it to go out and get it. Well, <laughs> I just I, knew we were going to I had a note here that. saying it was coming, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead ignorance on it. Not that that, oh, okay. that stands up in any uh, court who, of law. I told you it was coming. Did Mr. Sunshine say it was coming? Yeah, uh, yeah. when I asked him what was new, it's like, What's new? Julia's album is coming. Okay. <laughs> Brody, Brody Sunshine. <laughs> Brody Sunshine. Well, <laughs> Julia, I want to thank you so much for being you. I want to thank you for um, coming on the show. I want to thank you for the new album that I'm going to go buy right now. Um, All right. I want to thank Brody for <laughs> his work on the show, <laughs> him, him bringing news to everybody through the L.A. Blade. Please do check out the LA Blade at LosAngelesBlade.com. Yeah, um, every absolutely. day it's got news stories, and um, if you really want to have your finger on the pulse, what's going on? That is the place to have it. And for us, we will be back again next week with uh, another incredibly fun, wonderful, intriguing, sensational show. And I have no idea what it is, but I know it will match all those adjectives. If, if, um, if, it, involves or, a, if it involves an album, you might want to buy it. First. <laughs> we will I want buy to thank it first. you guys. Thank you, thank you. I want to really thank you for all the support you've given me over the years, and I really, uh, I love you both for it. So I hope you know that. Well, we, we love we love you too, and anytime you are welcome to be back here. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.